Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero. On this Friday afternoon, actually beautiful Friday afternoon, it was raining, it's cool and calm. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> JP Ong is joining me in the studio. It has not been a great day for markets across the region. No, not uh, at all. Straight Times Index down by as much as, what, 1.5% now? Today we are down by almost 2%, actually. So oh. these losses have escalated as we head into the afternoon session. 2,405 is where we sit right now, Clarissa, and 48 points in the red. Value turnover at about 610 million Singapore dollars. So a little bit higher than we saw yesterday at around this time, but mm. still, it's uh, you're still seeing a lot of... Uh, I guess, that there's, turnover there's, is moving less the rambunctiousness, I think, I think, on the markets. <laughs> but it's enough to at least suggest that, yep, there is a, it's a good old-fashioned sell-off and a uh, and a depression in uh, in share prices here in Singapore. The rest of the region also looking just as uh, hamstrung. Um, it wasn't the case though earlier today. Actually, you saw some markets start in the green, but we've seen that fades rapidly. The straight, uh, the ASX 200 in Australia did see some decent gains today. They've practically reversed that. They are now down by 1.7 percent, uh, trading at 5,067 points down under. In Tokyo, the Nikkei 225 also in the red, down by 147 points. 17,700 is where the uh, Nikkei 225 in Japan is sitting right now. Um, Shanghai, Shenzhen also in the red today. Shanghai Composite falling by 0.7%. The Shenzhen Bourse down by 0.4%. The Kospi today down by 0.7%. You've got the Hang Seng also losing 220 points. So they're down by about 1% in today's session. Look, this is the first three days of the second quarter don't seem to be bearing a lot of hope. We had a glimmer of that yesterday and we saw the Straits Times Index stage that late afternoon rally and actually rise by about half a percent. But we've seen those gains wiped out in today's session alone. And uh, just uh, there's just a, quite a bit of pessimism out there in the markets also uh, as we did see that... Um, See the world at least cross that unwanted milestone. There are now over a million yeah. uh, case total cases worldwide uh, who are infected by the uh, coronavirus or the COVID nineteen virus. Um, the deaths now over fifty two thousand. I think it's approaching yes. fifty three thousand. Also, mm-hmm. um, these are not welcome numbers, no matter where you sit across the across uh, across the globe. And of course, here in Singapore, we just reported this morning also the fifth uh, person to succumb to the disease. Also, yeah. um, there's just not a lot of good news on that front. Also, and oil prices is also looking quite of quite volatile. They did get that short bounce um, uh, yesterday on on the back of comments from US was President it only Donald yesterday? Trump. Yesterday it feels like a month ago now. Everything feels like it was a month <laughs> ago, right? Everything, and that's just how quickly the landscape changes. We've got uh, we've got crude prices also trade uh, slumping today. WTI is, has fallen by about six uh, by about one dollar and forty one cents. They're twenty three dollars and ninety one cents a barrel. Brent crude also uh, slipping by about four and a half percent at twenty eight dollars sixty cents a barrel and there are some doubts as to as to uh, about the american president's claim that you know we might see a trade a truce or a ceasefire between russia and saudi arabia with regards to that price war that's really plunged crude futures you know is there any good news out there right now i think uh, it's very difficult to, to to glean anything at the moment uh if you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of uh, economies and a lot of countries have already unleashed their pack their stimulus packages, mm-hmm. their fiscal stimulus packages, and the question has always been: Is it going to be enough? Looking at how 
it's impacted certain uh, businesses and certain economies also? The answer could actually be no, because we also heard from a number of these Southeast Asian nations, Indonesia recently saying that they are prepared to step up their stimulus package down there. Um, that's the latest we, uh, word we've gotten also. I think the other thing that's really weighing on many people's mind, minds is how bad it's going to hit the American economy. Last night, there were 6.4, 6.6 million Americans who filed for it's jobless 6. claims. It's crossed 6.7 now. Cross 6.7 at the moment. That builds on last week when it was mm. over 3.2, 3.3 million. It was very interesting because I was watching a, a, uh, a webinar or a webcast uh, by two professors at the Columbia Business School. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Hubbard, who used to sit on the Economic Board of Advisors, I think during George W. Bush's time, he actually said that, look, whenever you see unemployment in the U.S. take about 400,000, there's a good chance that the U.S. could be heading into a recession. That's 4,000. We recorded 6.6 million just last night in the U.S. Um, That's how grim it's looking. And and the clock now is ticking for all these stimulus packages to start rolling out, to start really being passed on to people and individuals. Um, Will it be enough? Will it be in time to save jobs, to save... uh, consumer sentiment to save, uh, to make sure that people can go day by day should some of these social restriction measures continue to prolong or intensify in certain countries. Um, this is this all goes into the calculus of many an investment manager, many in, uh, an economist's uh, assessment of just how bad it will be. Terence uh, Wong of Azure Capital last Tuesday said, as we mentioned, um, you've got to wait for the accounting. You've got to wait for folks to uh, do the calculations as to how bad this is. Because once you get out, once this thing clears, and hopefully it clears sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. you're going to get out, you have to come out, you're going to have to survey the wreckage and go, okay, just how badly hit was our house? Um, and while we're waiting for this, the uh, initial numbers we're getting um, look quite grim. Even today, um, uh, uh, PMI numbers from IHS Market, which is a private gauge, an estimate of uh, manufacturing here in Singapore, estimates that in the month of March, we saw PMI contract to just a level of 33.3. Now, we're still waiting for the official numbers from the government, but this is IHS Market's own prognosis that this is how badly hit the manufacturing space in Singapore has been hit. This March, the month of March was also when we saw some of these uh, containment measures really escalate. You started to see, um, you started to see a real drop in demand and also um, uh, demand from certain countries also impacting supply chains around the world. Mm-hmm. And you can see it just how, in, in just how poorly IHS market's PMI reading for Singapore was. Retail sales also coming in in February down 8.6%. I mean, You'll have no to give me a break there, here. There, yeah, no surprises there. But February was also we would we could argue were the early stages of COVID nineteen mm-hmm. and eight point six percent down. I just want to read one more number here. They actually said that uh, that uh, food and beverage sales fell by sixteen point six percent year on year. But that's for February. Imagine how I can only imagine how 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 bad the number could be. When we get the Feb- the March numbers and even the April numbers, once we get to these, because if uh, there are few industries hurting as bad as some of our own restaurateurs and as some of our own food and service providers here or F&B guys here in Singapore. Well, the question I keep asking you and we keep going back to is if someone's losing money, who's making it? Well, the answer to that question is starting to get very obvious. Mm-hmm. The people in um, for the production of health products, whether Mm -hmm. it is masks or gloves or now ventilators, 
That's who's making money. Right. And it, it addre- it's a really to address some of the huge supply shortages that yeah. nobody could foreshadow. I mean, there is a... Who could have guessed you need 300,000 ventilators exactly. in a week? Exactly. You would need 300,000 in a week. Um, you know, there are arguments to be made that, yeah, you, you could see how badly it was hitting countries like mainland China and the rest of the Asian region. There could have been time to prepare, but now is not the time to finger point, right? Now is the time to actually try to get some of these ventilators to those Western countries that are getting hammered by it. And apparently, a man named Li Shiting, who is a Singaporean citizen and is the richest man in Singapore, has now added three and a half billion U.S. dollars to his net worth this year. Um, he is the chairman of Shenzhen Mindray Biomedical Electronics. And their shares out in Shenzhen have climbed by 40% because of the surge in demand for some of these ventilators that he's had to try to pump out. This puts his fortune as of Thursday at 12.5 billion US dollars. Mm-hmm. Not too shabby for a guy who's seen the share price, uh, the share price of this, of his company jump by, uh, by about three and a half billion US dollars, right? And that puts him among the top five gainers in the world. I want to contrast how well he's done. When you compare it to some of the American bigwigs, especially the folks, the the uh, the uh, hundred billion dollar duo out in Seattle, Washington, Jeff Bezos, who is still the world's richest person, mm-hmm. Mr. Amazon, um, he did gain by about three point four billion over this time. Bill Gates, though, saw his fortune fall by fifteen point three billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you can compare and contrast just how well Mr. Lee's uh, company has done, and there's still a ramp up of uh, demand for these uh, ventilators. But I want to contrast with um, his story versus uh, Sejin in South Korea, which is one of the four major test kit makers who's also seen the revenues jump by 30%. Their chairman, when they asked him also, well, aren't you happy about this? This is a good year. He looked at him with weary eyes and said, this is not good for my business because I'm neglecting the other business yep. units in, yep. my, in my company. Can't the other, do any R&D. No, I can't do any R&D. I can't provide other products that I, uh, that I have, to, have to do. But, and also keep, keep in mind that it's not as simple as just shifting, oh, I'm going to shift all my resources and my workers over to this uh, business unit. The workers you have in other departments might not be trained to build testing kits. Right. So there comes a retraining process. And you've got a lot of workers probably coming going, um, yeah, we're in, we don't really know how to put this together. You're going to have to spend three days to teach us how to do that. That entails more costs. That entails more headaches. That could entail some inefficiencies at the start also. Um, it's You might be making a lot of money, but you're also going to be suffering a lot of headaches. And sure. uh, I I would be I'd be careful to call this a good problem, despite the fact that there's still a high revenue potential for these guys. Nevertheless, it's a it's a company that might be worth watching out for in mainland China. Shenzhen Mindray Biomedical Electronics. How are the uh, biomedical suppliers in Singapore doing? Well, let's uh, let's let's take a look at just how some of these folks are are faring. And we, of course, have to start off. Well, let's start off with Riverstone Holdings, which makes some of these rubber glove uh, gl- gloves. They're actually down by about half a percent. Now, this could just be a little bit of profit taking, also mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. their share price has, has risen. Talk about another company that said, you know, we're we're, we're we are. We have our backs to the wall trying to meet all this demand. Their, cha- their chairman also said that, look, if you are a customer who's putting in an order for, for surgical gloves and rubber gloves, 
in March. The earliest we can deliver it to you is probably going to be October. That's how backed up those folks are. Riverstone Holdings is doing is is there. UG Healthcare is flat today at about uh, just under twenty cents uh, a, a share. It's it's just a very shaky situation at the moment for these guys. It just seems like today no one's feeling it. No one's really feeling it today. You're you're actually absolutely right. I think at at one point we saw some of these energy stocks in Australia um, rise, and we're going to track some of these oil producers out in uh, Europe to see if they if they got along if they if they're going to get just a little residual bump from oil's sudden jump uh, the the, sh- the sudden jump in share in in oil prices because there is skepticism about uh, whether or not Russia and Saudi Arabia did agree to cutting global output by 10 and a half million barrels a day because that pretty much cuts their own outputs by about half mm-hmm. and Russia has actually said before look we're okay with cutting output but everybody else in the world has to do the same thing and some journalists have actually pointed out that maybe that 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 message isn't just for OPEC it's also aimed at the United States it's aimed at some of these other big non-OPEC member countries and saying look we all have to do this together we're not going to be the only ones doing that and also the question of, that's a lot of oil you're going to cut out. I mean, will these parties actually abide by it? Or will you see just a little bit of a corner cutting, I guess, I guess when you're trying to roll out, roll out this thing? Oil prices of, uh, again, we've seen the, the overnight rally has lost a lot of steam today and they're back in the red. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the hits just keep on coming. Some, some marine and... Um their announcement wasn't great, and that's even before you take into consideration COVID-19. Right, right. Seven Corp Marine, the rig builder. And it's a great segue from oil prices to rig builders here. You talk about some of these companies that are really uh, seeing a double whammy at the moment. Sam Corp Marine has to deal with COVID-19, and they've also got to deal with this plunge in oil prices that could put some of their projects in at risk. But first things first, let's talk about the recent earnings. They have issued a warning that they could see pre-tax losses for a third consecutive year. Now, what they also cautioned uh, folks or want to remind investors is that the six months, uh, their their average daily market capitalization is still at 2.46 billion Singapore dollars as of Thursday, which means they will avoid being placed on the watch list of the SGX. Now, to, to be put on that watch list, you have to record pre-tax losses for three straight years and also fail to maintain an average daily market cap of at least 40 million Singapore dollars. So they're well above that particular uh, criteria. But um, they are expecting that the, that this last year is probably going to be a bad one. And this year, again, I mean, we've seen demand for oil actually sapped recently. Um, the future, the outlook, at least for Semcorp Marine, doesn't seem that much rosier uh, either. Um, we, ju- we can check in on how their share price is, uh, is faring today. Semcorp Marine actually flat today. I think folks are just scratching their heads right now going, all right, we... I don't know. I don't know what to do at the moment. <laughs> uh, or, uh, but it's also, I mean, it's not entirely a shocker just to find out that they've, they've lost, uh, they, they've seen a pre-tax loss for a third straight year. It's been very difficult to be a, a rig builder the last couple of years, the last couple of periods, actually. Um, but it's going to get even more difficult because of what we're dealing with as a global economy. All right. Rest of the day, going into next week, the, the uncertainty, the, uh, well, okay, it's, it's not even uncertainty anymore. I, and I think we're, we're crossing into the territory of despair some in in some cases what do you what do you think more at the same next week i i, I would i wish i could put a positive spin <laughs> on this uh the tom- next week the again it's that tug of war right yeah. um are, have share prices fallen enough to really 
uh, to really entice some of these bargain hunters to come back. A number of big big investors have actually started to come back and sniff around on the markets. And um, indicated that... N- there now is a deals. great time, yeah. and a number of uh, and a handful of investment managers, not just here but across the region, have actually said that this is a once in a lifetime or once in a once in a generation buying opportunity for mm-hmm. folks. But the outlook is still rather dicey. Again, a million people now infected across the world by COVID nineteen. Um, what is it? Fifty, almost fifty three thousand de- deaths related to the disease. Yeah, it's not pretty. And if we start to see more social restriction measures around the world. Um, or extended, this could, or extended even yeah. this could color. This could uh, make the picture even more bleak for the for the global economy. It'll have the folks at the World Bank, the IMF, rushing back and perhaps even downgrading their estimates again. I'm not saying that they will, but if you do see some of this continue, then that's going to filter into a negative headwind for the mark for the economies and for the markets. For what to look out for next week? I mean, you've got uh, you've got the Bank of Korea making the decision on Thursday. You've got the Federal Reserve releasing their minutes on Thursday as well. Before that, here in Singapore, um, we do have one Straits Times Index member that's brave enough to release earnings on Thursday. That happens to be our very own Singapore Press Holding. So something to watch out for, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of releases. Uh, the one saving grace might also be that the most markets will be on a shortened trading week because we are going to be pausing on Friday in observance of Good Friday. And hopefully right. it, it does be. bring some hope to us. And so at this point, at this point, Maybe a higher power is all we need, is the only thing that can actually lift us out of these doldrums. Well, you know, as as a friend of mine who is far more church-going than I am said, it's never too late to, to turn that way. Oh, absolutely. If nothing else has been working... You know, prayer might just be the answer. I mean, I mean, what else do we have to lose at this point, right? <laughs> wing and a prayer, wing and yes. a prayer, JP. Okay, so... Um, what do you have on primetime later today? Today is Forex Fridays. Right. And That's not eat, a pretty picture. Not a pretty picture, but uh, this recent this recent jump and return and pullback in oil prices we've seen over the last 12 hours is something I'm going to be asking Stephen Innes of Axie Trader to comment on. He's not just a, a he's he's a He's their chief market strategist for the Asia-Pacific region. Also one of the few guys I really go to if there's something that really puzzles me about the uh, Forex markets. The Forex markets have been particularly worried also about possible liquidity crunches. We mm-hmm. talk about why why it's hard to find people who are making money in these markets also. Well, it's because a lot of people are stockpiling and conserving cash, which is causing some of this liquidity crunches. Something very nice interesting. Nice if that, you have it. Yeah, nice if you have it, right? Um, and something interesting that Song Sing Won, actually, of CIMB said, told me last Monday. Um, he said... There's just a lot of people not willing to unleash liquidity. That's why you need to pump out some of this liquidity to keep the engines um, greased, uh, the economic engines greased. So, but, but he actually also, when I asked him, I asked him, well, if there's a lot of pent-up liquidity out there, once the smoke clears, could a lot of this liquidity be unleashed into the markets, say six months from now, say one year from now, if this thing finally clears, and hopefully in sooner than that, right? Yep. It's a possibility. So there could just be a lot of... Uh, a lot of liquidity out there stuck in what we might call capital cholesterol, right? So, Well, you know, that's exactly what happened with SARS, and that's why the economies around that were affected did actually turn around as quickly mm-hmm. as they did. Right. So let's hope that happens. Well, this fingers time. crossed, and we'll ask Stephen Innes what he thinks. <laughs> All right. Well, see, there you go. We did end on an, a, a slightly more positive note. This has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3 with JP Ong. 
I'm Clarissa Montero. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.